out your hair, yo. Now listen what I say, yo. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, that song is too difficult when I haven't played it in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. And you know what we don't do a lot of in five years? What? A ton of things, because this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-dow! Wow, welcome to American Brews and Tunes. Wow. Welcome to American Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. My name is Stephen Johnston. Are you repeating me? Maybe. Mr. Jesse Titus, are you repeating me? Mr. Jesse Titus, are you repeating me? You are repeating me. That must be because this is episode 66. <gasps> repeating numbers means that we're going to repeat bands. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, you are right. Uh, we've done this before a couple times on episode 50, 55, 55 44, 44, 33, 22. 22. Not on 11. <laughs> <laughs> we repeated each other in real time. Uh, goodness gracious. And we'll probably do it again at 77. Yes. If everything will, goes according sure to plan. Do it again at 77. Um, so that means we take bands that we've already reviewed and review different albums from them. Yeah. Little, uh, just mixing it up a bit. So in previous Episodes a long while ago, I reviewed Switchfoot's album Vice, Vice Versus. Versus. Yep. Now I'm going back in their catalog way back. Way back to maybe 2000, medium back. 2005? 2000, yeah, somewhere in that time period. I have it written down, but we'll touch upon that later. Okay. It's their album called Nothing Is Sound. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe. We'll find out. And what about you? You've listened to the band Some 41. Uh, their album "All Killer No Filler" that was a while ago. Is you what you had me that. listen to first, and you thought that it would be a good idea to switch it up to their album "Chuck." Very different which album, which is very different yeah. from "All Killer No Filler." "All Killer No Filler" was an earlier one. This one's a little bit of a later one, a bit of a later one, wee bit later, just a wee bit later. But before we repeat on those albums. Let's go to the other portion of the podcast. Oh, yeah. The beer portion. I'm not having a beer that I've repeated before, but I'll repeat to drink this throughout the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, unless it's disgusting, in which case I'll take a sip and probably not finish it. I highly doubt that it's going to be disgusting based on the brewery that you're having, which is... Wicked Weed. I'm excited about that one. They're a great brewery from Asheville, North Carolina. Not Not, to be confused with Nashville. Not Nashville. If you remove that N and move over to North Carolina, you're in Asheville. Yeah. Home of tons of breweries. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, it's a really, really Green Man's over there. Um, New Belgium's over there, and a whole bunch oh, of other from, breweries. They're from Asheville. Yeah, I think they've got two big breweries. And there's there's other big ones too, but I, I'm just those are the ones that I think hmm. of off the head. Anyways, I'm having Wicked Weeds French Toast Stout. It says it's an Ooh. imperial stout brewed with cinnamon, vanilla, and maple syrup. You no, say syrup good. or syrup? I say syrup. I've said both of them numerous times, and I'm not really sure which one I I kind of decide on. Um, saying syrup. Feels like syrup. W- like way too much work for me. Syrup. 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 It's like syrup. 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 Both of them seem like very little syrup. amount of work. You have to open up your mouth more for syrup. 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 You can't say syrup. S- you can say syrup with like a really closed mouth, but you have to say syrup. You have to like move your lips a lot to get that ear up in. Well, syrup. no matter syrup. which way you taste it, you move your lips the same. 
True. Now, here's what the side of this bottle says. And this is, it sounds like a fun story here. The scuttle of dried leaves blowing across the sidewalk. <laughs> semicolon. Or is that a full colon? What's the one that has the dot over the comma? Semicolon has the comma in it. Blowing across the sidewalk. Semicolon. Brisk, cool days filled with invigorating mountain air. Ooh. Semicolon. The sweet, welcoming scent of French toast Ooh. cooking in our family's kitchens. Colon. This is winter. And French toast imperial stout is the perfect accompaniment to the season. This robust dark stout is finely complemented by zesty cinnamon, smooth vanilla, and comforting sweetness of only the best maple syrup. Cheers to the season. Syrup. And it's very appropriate that I'm having this because we're in the dead of winter in Nashville. Yeah, it's it's like... It was like 60 degrees yesterday. Yesterday it was like 75. <laughs> Today it's like 30. But In the dead of winter, we dropped, 75 degrees. We dropped oh, about 50 degrees between yesterday and last night. Yeah, it's 34 Insane. degrees right now. Weird weather in Nashville, but it's weird weather all across the country. True, true. What are you having? I'm having a local brew from one of our, one of our favorite local breweries. Oh? You might be able to guess what it is. Maybe. I mean, you obviously can, Steve, but yeah. people at home, it's of course... Bearded Iris. Oh, we love them. Yeah. Who doesn't love them? People who haven't tried them. them, Yeah. But anyway, I'm having another iteration of their brew, the Mood Ring. Yeah. We've we've had a a couple. It's a, what would you call it? It's like a a brew series, like a series release? Yeah. It's like a... It's like a... Would you call it a brew series? Kind of maybe like a series release? Yeah, definitely. I know know of a couple other breweries that do that. Um, where they have like a normal, like a base beer, like a base beer, and then as time goes on, they add different flavors. So they, they just mix it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's what Bearded Iris does with the Mood Ring series. And I'm guessing they call it Mood Rings because Mood Rings are always changing always colors, changing depending on your mood and depending on which Mood Ring series you get. The can is different color, and the beer is always different color. Yes, it's so, a New England style IPA. Yes, of course it is. Of course. Um, but this one is with blackberries, strawberries, and raspberries. And what's in the base beer? The base beer? Yeah, I think they put vanilla and lactose sugars. They say. Far out, vanilla, lactose. Yes, so it gives it that sweet creaminess already. That's that's going to be in the base. Yes. But this one, you've got all those this fun one, sounding you'll fruits. You'll have those nice, with blackberry, a little bit of bitterness, raspberry, a tiny mm-hmm. bit of bitterness, and the strawberries, a nice sweetness. Like, and we've had other, that vanilla. other uh, versions of this before, which was strawberry. That one was very good. Yep. And then they had a cinnamon peach one, which that one was, was pretty good, good, but it didn't have as much cinnamon as I was hoping. But that's yeah, okay. It was a little bit low on the cinnamon side, but it still tasted pretty darn good. It kind of tasted like peach cobbler. Yeah. And I think that's what they were going for. Ex- exactly what they were going for. Yeah. So let's say that we uh, crack these brewskis and uh, pour them. Take, give, a, give take a, a look ski, a sniff a ski. Tri-ski. Yeah. Not a try ski yet, just a look ski. Oh, just a look ski now. Look ski okay. and maybe a sniff ski. All right, let's see what... Oh, Even I, maybe, I, think, I guess you could call it a listen ski if you're really going to be If you're listening old. to how the beer sounds. Yeah. I mean, already, I can tell that our beers are 100% different colors. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is kind of like a, uh, I would say like a pomegranate purple. It's a very pretty color for a beer. Yeah. You would think just by looking at this that it would probably be a sour. But yeah. It, I don't think it's, it is, though. It definitely looks fruity in it a good way. It looks like... One of those Star Wars drinks, except purple. Like the blue milk? Yes. <laughs> but 
Mine is uh, a standard looking stout, real dark. Not like as dark as night as some of the ones we've had. Yeah, but it's still mm. definitely pretty dark. It's pretty though. dark. It's not sludgy, at least in appearance. We'll see if it's sludgy in taste. Uh, yeah. Let me let me take a sniff of mine. Okay. I'll have sniff you mine have you too. sniffed yours at all yet? No. Well, go ahead and take a sniff of yours and explain, and then I'll do the same thing. Ooh, man. It smells like a smoothie. Like uh, that one smoothie place, uh, Smoothie King. <laughs> smoothie King. <laughs> if you get a smoothie there that has like berries in it, this is exactly what it smells like. But this one smells like there's a little bit of ice cream in there too. Hence the vanilla that mine, we talked about on the can. Mine smells very stouty, like that chocolatey coffee, mm. uh, roasty flavors. But I do get a little bit of the sweetness and the, a little bit of mapleiness from it. Not, yeah. not as strong as I would have expected. But maybe it's going to follow through in the taste more. Let's hope so. Let's say that we uh, give a cheer and uh, try the beer. Yes, let's do it. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes, down the hatch. Wow. This is way sweeter than the smell that's on. Uh, I can taste the, the, the cinnamon. I can taste the, uh, the maple syrup. Uh, pardon scissor. me, syrup. Syrup is bad. Um, syrup is not what you want to be drinking. Yeah, no one should ever drink that. It's bad for you. Um, the vanilla comes through. It's this is good. I can see why this tastes like a French toast. Really, <laughs> it's really good. Well, I my beer is awesome. It's so good. Is it super fruity? On the back side of of your of the, 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 the taste. Yeah, you know, like on the spectrum, like when you first drink it, and then the flavor builds in your mouth. Mm-hmm. On the back side of that, it's very fruity. Nice. On the front side, you get that really creamy, like lactose vanilla flavor. Yeah. Which initially tastes kind of like an, an ice cream smoothie. But then as it progresses on, the flavors kind of start, the fruit flavors kind of start popping out. Okay. Nice. They're saying, hey, we're here too. I'd imagine it's like almost a bit of a tart fruit based on those berries they put in there, mm. just a little bit. I'd say it's a good balance between sweet and tart. Nice. Want to give a little switch key and try ski? Yeah. Mine taste. Do you remember that um, maple syrup uh, IPA that I had from Decadent Brews on here? Yeah. That one was a little bit more French toasty than this one, but oh, this really? one's still pretty French toasty. Okay, well, I'm kind of excited to try it. Yeah, try that French toasty roasty beer. It's pretty good. French toasty roasty beer. It smells like French Ooh, toast. Yours smells fruity. It does it's smell fruity. like a smoothie. Yeah. This smells really good. I'm excited to give a little try. Wow. You were right. Wait for it. The fruit does kick in after I've already swallowed the beer. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It, it is a nice balance between sweet and tart. That's yeah. very nice. I, I agree with you that the other one that you had, by who, who was it? Decadent Ales. Decadent Ales. Yeah, I think that Decadent Ale one was just a little bit more decadent. Yeah. It, you can definitely one... still get all the flavors that they're going for in that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're just not as pronounced as the Decadent Ale one was. But also the Decadent Ale was an, a double IPA. Oh, Do you remember that? So, That's why okay. it was so weird. It didn't so taste maybe, like an IPA at all. Maybe but it, because it's a stout, the flavors are a little bit more subdued. Yeah. In I mean, you get those stout flavors, good, but yeah, you taste that sweetness and Ooh. all the, the good stuff in there. Aftertaste. Mm-hmm. As it builds in your mouth, it definitely tastes more like French toast. Delicious. Nice. Wicked Weed's a great brewery. They are. Um, I've had another stout from them called Cookies and Cream. Or maybe it's called Cookies and Milk. <clears throat> I can't remember. But either way, it was fantastic. Nice. Um, as always, as the beer warms up, if it changes to us, the flavor profile, we'll let you know. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, let's dive into the album. Because if you don't know, just a slight little beer housekeeping here. Beer housekeeping. As, as Housekeeping. A... <laughs> housekeeping. Uh, yeah, come in. 
Oh, oh hello. Hello. Um, oh, you're specifically the beer housekeeping. Okay, beer cool. Beer housekeeping. Well, can you do a little bit of beer housekeeping and tell everybody at home why flavors change as a beer warms up? Yes. You don't have to do that voice anymore. Okay, good. You don't want to. Oh, man. So when, when be- beer and essentially anything that you drink is really cold, the flavors are masked. I'm not sure if it's because of the coldness hitting your tongue and kind of working on your taste buds a little bit. Could be. Um, but as something is chilled below a certain temperature, the flavors are masked. That's why for cheaper beers, like, uh, I, don't, like I won't name names, but the macro brews, you know what I mean, talking you know, about. like, have you ever been to, like, the mountains? Yeah. Just and, like, like, they are, like... Ice cold. They're, like, blue whenever yeah. it's ready to go. That's you because know? you taste less of it when it's ice cold. Um, so if you've got a real big beer or a, even sometimes a subtle beer that, that's got some nice subtle flavors, yeah. the more it warms up, the more those flavors show up. Yeah. So you shouldn't technically be drinking... well. Different beers are meant to be drank at different temperatures. And sometimes on beer, like their bottles or their cans, they sometimes say, like, enjoy at this specific temperature. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that most beers from Anheuser-Busch do not say that. No. But I think a lot of Southern Tier brews do that, and maybe... I don't so know, anyway, but either way, a good practice, if you're getting into craft beer, is to drink your beer slowly. Let it warm up And allow it to warm up. Yeah. Or See if even, the flavor changes. Even if you really want to, pour it into the glass, wait five minutes... And then start drinking it. Yeah. If you just took it out of the fridge. Yeah. Something like that. Just but a quick tip before we get into the other portion of this podcast, <clears throat> the music. Yeah. I think you went first recently, so I I'm going to go first. I did. Time. Go for it. Let us dive into Switchfoot's album, Nothing Is Sound, which you are correct. It came out in 2005. Oh, 2005. Okay. This album is the reason why I stopped listening to Switchfoot, but I will <laughs> elaborate upon that. In okay. a minute. And yep. I think I touched upon that on the other Switchfoot I think you uh, probably reviews, did, But yeah. I'll touch upon it again we here because this is more on relevant. On that on the confer- con- con- controversy. Yeah, it was a, on, around this album. Quite a controversy. But let's get into a little bit more background first. This is their fifth album uh, to date. And since then, they've released... Six more. Six more. They have just put out their 11th album. Yeah. And it just gets better almost with all... Better and different. Yeah, they're all they're all very good, but the very different. The subsequent albums are all very different. But there's been no duds. I agree. Zero so, duds. This is their record that followed their breakout album, which was the Beautiful Letdown. Yes. Um, that had uh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> meant to live. That had meant to live and dare yes. you to move, which were both smash were hits. Huge ones off of that, yeah. which they always play at their concerts. Yeah. So. I think the album Nothing Is Sound kind of builds upon the sound that was made on The Beautiful Letdown, um, but it elaborates a little bit more and kind of opens up, if you will. If you will. Um, so on The Beautiful Letdown, the band changed from their previous three-piece, which was guitar, bass, and drums, yeah, uh, into a four-piece. So on, on The Beautiful Letdown, they incorporated their new guitar uh, and key player, Jerome Fontamillas. Fontamillas? Fontamillas? I don't know. I don't know. Is he Latino at all? If he is, it would be Fontamillas. But Fontamillas. I, I can't tell. I feel like I've heard them say Fontamillas. All right, fair enough. I could be wrong, though. I'm not sure. I'm just going based on reading. But Jerome plays the keys predominantly, but he also plays guitar. He also just beat up his battle with cancer recently. Good job, Jerome. Yeah, and he's going to be on tour with them. Great news. Um, but he was added for the beautiful letdown. He was on that record. Yes. And previously, he was a touring musician with them. Yes. 
Um, on Nothing Is Sound, the band turned from the four-piece into a five-piece by adding their new guitarist, Drew Shirley, yep. who was a touring guitarist before this. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like they added touring members and then decided to incorporate them. Mm. And since Nothing Is Sound, their lineup has been that solid five-piece yep, uh, throughout. Since. Yeah, maybe they would, they would have some guest people come in from time to time to do small things on records. I don't know. Oh, but that yeah. this this is now the band, the five-piece. Yes. Um, So, with the addition of Drew Shirley, the band uh, kind of elaborates on guitar textures, I think. And you can really pick it out on this album. There's a lot of songs where it picks up, whether it's heavier or lighter, um, atmospheric. He just kind of is very versatile and he opens up. Adding another layer to their their sound already. Yeah, so I think it was a, a really good idea. So, back to the controversy. Yes. Eventually, Elaborate. it was revealed that Sony, who was their uh, their label and distributor, um, they had added an extended copyright protection on Nothing Is Sound. Um, they also put this on a whole bunch of other albums that came out around the same time. And they didn't necessarily foreclose that information or say which albums it was on. It nope. just was. Um, it prevented CDs from being ripped to computers or from being copied in general. Um, this was around the time where, like, like this early two thousands, it was right off of the tail of Napster. That was like early, late nineties, two thousand. Wire was popular. Um, this was even just just slightly after that, but this was like digital copying and all that kind of file sharing was a big, big thing. And record labels were not doing the smartest things to prevent it. Case in point, this. Yeah. Um, it also installed software onto people's computer. Really, I didn't know that. Yes. So when you would pop the CD into your computer, it would install a software that kind of would report back to Sony like listening habits and stuff. Really? Yeah. How's that for an invasion Whoa, of privacy? That's a huge invasion of privacy. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what I, I believe it, it was when I was doing some research and looking into it. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but that's what I believe I I read. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that? Um, and some people got viruses because this one on their computer. No way. Yeah. So wow. that's not good. Um, eventually it was found out and there was like Sony had even recalled certain CDs because of, because of this issue. Um, just horrible. Um, it hurt their album sales in the end after people figured this out and kind of killed a lot of the momentum from this album. This was why I did not like this album. Because you couldn't put it on your iPod? Yeah. Back in 2005. I, I I loved, um, the beautiful letdown. Yeah. And so I pre-ordered this CD from the family Christian bookstore in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Um, when it came out, I got the CD, and I had an iPod at this point in time. I think it was an iPod mini green, Ooh. that little chunky iPod. Um, I was unable to put this on my computer and onto my iPod, and I was furious because I was like, I'm not going to listen to this if I, if I can't put it on my iPod. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. Um, and I really missed out on some great music, but I'm catching up on it. Yeah. But if I want to be retrospective and contemplative, uh, that was also a point in my life where I only listened to like super upbeat or fast, heavy songs. Like fast punk songs. So I would have missed out on the other half of this album, I think. Right. So it's good that I'm, I'm listening to it now. Definitely. Um, this album is, is still did super well. They ended up winning a Dove Award, which is kind of like the Christian Grammys. Christian Grammys, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the Single Stars was, was a huge hit. Um, and it was certified gold with over half a million in sales. So it, it did very well, regardless of Sony's unfortunate missteps. Yeah. 
with all that information in the bank, let's dive into some tracks, shall we? Let's go! Track number one is called Lonely Nation, and I gave it a rating of four out of five. Nice. Um, it's a good way to start the album. I think with everyone being super familiar with Meant to Live, and they're this, like, let's this, get their next re- this record. This switches it up. This switches it, switches it up, but it also builds upon that heavy sound. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, a good start to the album. Um, the verses are kind of like a little bit darker sounding and heavier, and then the, the chorus kind of changes keys mm-hmm. and sounds a little bit more upbeat. And I think they do that a few times on this record. Um, but the first time I heard this chorus, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that sound out mm. of this song. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a fun song. It's a good listen. Um, I think this is very relevant today, the theme. It's talking about mm-hmm. being lonely, and even though you're more connected. Right. Um, everyone's connected today with cell phones and social media, but like depression seems to be also more, uh, yeah. re- more relevant. So this song kind of talks about that, how we're more than this lonely nation. Mm-hmm. Moving on to track number two, which is called Stars. I gave it five out of five, and this is my first recommendation. It's a great song. Uh, no surprise there that I recommended this. Um, this was one of the singles, and it was the only song I could remember off of this album uh, when you recommended it to me. Okay, yeah. Because I've heard them play this live, and this was on the radio. It was a big hit. Oh, yeah. Because that guitar part. <clears throat> and that's a, a pretty iconic guitar riff. Right? It's yeah. very recognizable, and it pops up throughout the song. Um, so you think it's going to be this huge banger of a song and, and then the verse into, comes in and it's this like bouncy like pop song maybe yeah it's just it's maybe really i've been the problem it's mellow sounding so it's it's kind of fun like it's like that crazy sounding riff and then the chorus is a big anthem obviously which is why it's the single i'm guessing yeah uh, but thematically this song is about being in a place of like disorder or chaos or like in a maybe a depressive state or just in a bad place and then trying to get some perspective by looking at the stars and realizing yeah. your problems aren't so bad yeah realizing that you're actually fairly small yeah. i do like in the second verse when he talks about the stars looking at us yeah thinking about how like how is this sanity what these people are going through this craziness oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of a, a cool way to like i'm looking at the stars but they're looking back at me yeah uh, but it's a great song very great fantastic song fantastic song um but we, when uh, he... we played this song in, our, in my youth group band good once. choice and mm-hmm. i was playing it's a good youth youth band song youth group playing band. epiphone sg my first guitar that's a good guitar it was I mean, fine if you bump it up to a uh gibson, a gibson a little better, better but um, but <laughs> Touching back on the stars looking at us, when I think of that, I think of Radiohead, subterranean homesick alien. Remember oh, where the, yeah, the aliens yeah. are like taking note on what it's on like what to be humans human? are doing. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I think of. Let's move on to track number three. This song's called "Happy Is a Yuppie Word." I gave it four out of five. <sighs> I love this song. You know what a yuppie is, right? Yuppie. I've heard the term, yeah, but I've never like looked up the exact definition uh, of what it is. I knew this because my dad had told me a long time ago, and it stands for either young urban professional or what I've heard it as is young upwardly mobile professional um so when i think of a yuppie i think of patrick bateman who is oh, christian okay. bale's character in american psycho in american psycho yeah um a yuppies yuppie. are all about the latest fads oh. so if happiness is a yuppie word then happiness is a fad something that's not going to be long lasting or like relevant for too long mm. you know so i think that's why he said it but also do you know where he got this phrase happy is a yuppie word yeah no have you ever heard that anywhere else i don't think so well it came from a bob dylan quote 
Oh, really? From a Rolling Stone interview in 1991. So I'm going to read this little paragraph from Bob Dylan. This is uh, verbatim from the Rolling Stone interview. Oh, um, this is interesting. I did not know this. So Bob Dylan says, Happiness is not on my list of priorities. I just deal with day-to-day things. If I'm happy, I'm happy. And if I'm not, I don't know the difference. He fell silent for a few moments and started stared at his hands. That's the Rolling Stone interview right now. Right. Then Bob Dylan says, You know, these are yuppie words. Happiness and unhappiness. It's not happiness or unhappiness. It's either blessed or unblessed. As the Bible says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, that must be a happy man. Knowing that you are a person, or knowing that you are the person you were put on this earth to be, that's much more important than just being happy. Hmm. So I think that that's kind of... That must have been during Bob Dylan's uh, religious phase. Ni- or it said 91. Like late, late 80s and early 90s. 91 was when that happened, yeah. yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah, interesting. But this song is talking about uh, happiness being a yuppie word. (laughs) Happy is a yuppie word. And this one also has a weird switch between the verse and chorus. But it's a a very catchy song. Um, And this song also contains the phrase, nothing is sound. Yes, which I actually don't know what that means. I think it, it means like trying to find meaning in things that dissipate. Like sound, that's mm-hmm. what I got out of it. When I think of a sound, I think of a, a vibration that fizzles. Same thing with trying to find happiness. Uh, yeah. Find happiness in being happy. Yeah, it, it, fizz, it fizzles. It goes find, away. Trying to find meaning in happiness. So that's what I think. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe they meant something else. I don't know. Music usually sense. is open for interpretation, so yeah. I'll go with that. Moving on to track number four, which is called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. Ah. I gave 3.5 out of 5, but finally we get a slower song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like a ballad but not quite i wouldn't say that um mm, yeah not a ballad but but it's an optimistic so- opti- optimistic song about being in a broken world uh like the chorus says we are crooked souls trying to stay up straight crooked souls dry eyes in the pouring straight. rain yep. the shadow proves the, the sunshine. sunshine so if, if you're in a shadow you're in a dark place right but if you're in a but, dark place there's light somewhere yeah exactly because yeah, so you, gotta you can't it. have a shadow without sunshine yeah so that's, an, that's a, a good message yeah uh, moving on to track number five which is called easier than love i gave this five out of five and it's my next recommendation a good song um it's another upbeat like fast energetic song so it picks it up from the last one uh, this song is about meaningless physical relation, sex, yep. um, versus the emotional commitment, love, and how <laughs> one's easy, one's not. Yep. Uh, obviously, love is the more difficult thing, like having an actual thing where you love somebody or you bring the emotional guards down. They talk about yeah. how it's like easier to smile, easier to lie. Um, easier to fake and smile and bribe. Like yeah. That's the line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. It's a great message, but also it's just super catchy. Mm. She is easier to love. It's just easier than love. So catchy. And the, yeah. the, the chord progression's great. I just think it's all around catchy. Nice message. Good song. Yeah. I love the part in the bridge when there's kind of like a break and then he comes back in with the drums. It's easier to fake and smile and bribe. Mm-hmm. The drums there are awesome. They are. I'm getting some more cinnamon flavors from my beer really? right now. Yeah, it's, it's warming up. The cinnamon uh, is kind of popping out through. Mm. All right, let's move on to track number six, which is called "The Blues." Ah, a very different sounding song. Yeah. I gave this three point five out of five. Oh, really? I love this song. It's a great song. Three point five out of five, still good. I had, I had to rate things a certain way. That's a. It's a passing a C? grade. A C. Let's just say this: I, if I'm ever going to put this album on, I will not skip any songs. Okay. Okay. 
Um, this is a mid to slow tempo, I'd say piano driven, even though it's not the main instrument, but it kind of comes in first and like it stays steady like throughout. Uh, this song is a kind of about what I think it's it's about questioning everything important because yeah. one day there will be nothing. Yeah. When the world caves in, when the world caves in, it's just it's a very good song. There are some songs on the album Chuck that kind of have similar messages. Yeah, I, I agree. But this song, for some reason, really reminds me of the bridge in the song Yet. It doesn't oh, break. Oh yeah. It doesn't break. I don't really know why. It just well, that sound reminds me of it. Yet the bridge of Yet of reminds me of the melody in this. Yeah. The chords, yeah. But moving on, let's go to another song, track number seven, which is called The Setting Sun. I gave this four out of five. And this is another really different sounding song. Yeah, they're this song and Golden are, are kind of in the same vein of like Yes. Which lighter, what I would call classic nineties, early two thousands alt radio rock. Yeah, like yeah, like it's kind of lighter, not as heavy. Yeah. More poppy. Which at that time they would call it adult contemporary music. That's what I think <laughs> they would call it. Um, the chorus is catchy. Uh, he talks about somewhere back where I belong. Somewhere past the setting sun. Yeah. And so he's trying to find peace somewhere, which is probably yeah. heaven. Probably yeah. what he's saying. Um, but it's got that cool guitar line. And that minor chord in there that's not in the key. Nice. Let's move on to a much heavier song. Track number eight is called Politicians. Politicians. <laughs> I gave this four out of five. And it's called Politicians, but I think John Foreman pronounces it in a way that's Politicians. Like, politicians. Yeah. Like poll, like you're going to a voting poll. Politicians. Or yeah. a fireman poll. You know, it's politicians. <laughs> it's, I'd say this is probably the heaviest song on the record. Yeah, I agree. Sound-wise. Um, Throughout. And it's pretty politically charged well not charged but it's it's more of a social commentary than like an emotionally anecdotal song or talking about that kind of thing relations right um just talking about being in a broken system in a broken world politically uh, culturally how whatever you want to call it um i like the line in the chorus it's the first line says i pledge allegiance to a country without borders without politicians yeah talking about how uh, clearly it's not perfect where we are right now, so I'm going to try and see what could be better, maybe? Maybe yeah. we can find something then better. Then later lines, he also says, like, we're the problem, we're the politicians. We're the politicians, yeah. Yeah. So including, like, it's not just... Not just them, yeah. We're, we're part of the, the problem. politicians. Like, I, everybody's in the same boat, Let's take a poll, everyone. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to track number nine, which is called Golden. I gave us 4.75 out of 5, and it's my honorable mention. Wow, all right. Um, again, this is that early, like early two thousands, late nineties alt rock radio sounding song. Um, it's very different. If if I was to like listen to this, I'd say, oh, this is very early in Switchfoot's career. Mm. Just if I heard this song, that's what I would think. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. I think this one might be the most wild card sounding. Yeah, on I the agree. album, I might say that uh, Fatal Wound might be, or Daisy might be, but Could this be. one is definitely, yeah, definitely a wild card. This song's about a girl who's like drinking and depressed and she's in a bad place, like alone in her room. And John Foreman, as a singer, is trying to tell her that she's golden. Yeah. She's got worth and value and yeah. don't let don't let go, don't give up. Yeah. Um kinda she's like talk, like singing to her when she's in her darkest place. And it's yeah. just such a catchy chorus. You are golden. You golden are golden child. But my favorite part of the song is I don't want to call it a pre-chorus, but it's that vocal melody line right before the chorus. 
We've been there, it's, it's like building and it's we're dropping and building. The way it goes. Yeah. I just love it's that melody line. Now you're golden. It's like yeah. you're at the, the, the verse and then it builds you up to that chorus. And every time I hear that, I'm like, hmm. I know the chorus is that's, coming. That's my mmm moment for that's this album. Mm for I haven't album. had an mmm moment on this podcast for a while, but that's it. Yeah. Moving on to track number 10 is called The Fatal Wound. I gave it 3.5 out of 5. It's a good song, but probably my least favorite on the album. It is different. It sounds really slow. Yep. And it almost feels long, but it's only like two and a half minutes long. It ends harmonica, right? really quick. Yes, there's a harmonica. Th- like, is this in the, the one that you course. thought sounded like his solo stuff? Like more like his solo stuff? Yeah, this one definitely kind of sounds like more like a solo song. This and Daisy, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but it's a good song. Uh, it's good. I, don't I know. really enjoy it, yeah. Um, if you if you listen to the verses, you can really hear some guitar ornamentation, probably courtesy of Drew Shirley, I, mm-hmm. I would assume, but you never know. Um, moving on to track number 11, which is the penultimate track. It's We Are One Tonight. I gave it five out of five. And it's my last recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also pushed as a single, but it didn't do nearly as well as Stars did. Maybe yeah. that's because the album well, kind of dropped off. Probably just because Stars was huge. Like it's way more catchy. But also Dare You to Move and Meant to Live were both huge hits and two different singles. But um, this this song, this still did really well. It had a lot of TV placements and was in like a lot of sports things, which is weird. But, oh, really? Yeah. But yeah um, it's super anthemic. Yes. Like the, very the much chorus so. is an, an anthem. Um, super catchy in the verses, the chorus. It's a sing along. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen them play this live. I have. Was it awesome? They mixed, they mixed this song with um, Shadow Proves the Sunshine. Like they, they started with Shadow Proves the Sunshine and then. We are melded it into uh, we are tonight, one tonight, yeah. tonight, tonight. It reminds me the whole message of the song reminds me of the U two song one. Yeah, it's all about unity and uh, yeah, we join together to become one something love, better, right? One life, because we're full of all kind, of, full of all kind of brokenness, and let's join and together and, need and uh, be one. Night. Should we move on to the last song? Yes. This song's called Daisy, and I gave it four out of five. Nice. Um, slower and acoustic-driven until, until the end. Until the end. <laughs> um, but it's it's mainly just like him and, and the guitar. It's almost like, I don't want to say Western-sounding, but it sounds like it's to an open-tuned guitar real it low. It probably is. To, At this point, he was doing a lot with that, like either like open D tuning mm-hmm. or I think it was like mostly open D tuning. I think like the, the Dirty Seconds on oh gravity second hands yeah that's a little open toony isn't it i think so yeah yeah but this one it's it's like that um his daughter's name is daisy did you know that mm-hmm. but apparently she was born after this album was released mm-hmm. i didn't know that i didn't um, know that so either, actually. maybe he liked the message in this song yeah to kind of come up with that um and i think it's about like like all these bad things and that will come and affect you in the world and Trying to let oh, them you just go. Gotta, you just let, let them go. Roll yeah. over your shoulder and whatnot. Daisy, give yourself away. It's a really cool melody, but Look up at the it's all stripped back and it sounds like a solo John Foreman song. And then at the very end, he goes, does he go like, oh, and then boom. Yeah. And then, the like, drums come in and like distorted guitars and it turns into a jam until it fades away. Yeah. I don't remember if it fades away or if it just ends, but killer song. Such a good song. Um, All in all, great record. I will revisit yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's, I'll revisit the whole thing front to back. I think it's worth yeah. listening to that. I agree. Um, I'm going to continue my quest with Switchfoot. Uh, <laughs> their new album, their Native music. Tongue, is fantastic. Yeah. I still need to listen to Oh Gravity more. I've listened to that one front to back, and I think it's great. I just need to spend more time with it. But I'm, yeah. I'm happy with it. Good recommendation, yeah, my man. For sure. 
And I also think that what you recommended me was also a good recommendation. Well, let's talk um, about it. It's uh, some 41's album, Chuck. This came out two albums after All Killer, No Filler. Yeah, and this uh, came out in 2004. Sounds about October right. October 12, 2004. I remember when it came out. Um, on Wikipedia's... Great site. They say the genre is heavy metal, thrash metal, or punk. It's so sort of I, kind of classify their sound, but... I don't know. In my opinion, this... I wouldn't really... Wouldn't metal, metal is such a difficult like uh, thing to talk about because there are so many subgenres. Yeah. I just call it heavy punk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's heavy good, pop punk. Maybe heavy pop punk. Yeah, I would just say heavy punk. There are a couple songs that are pop punk, but it's way less pop punk than their album All Killer No Filler. Way heavier. Which I listened to first, which they really focused on, like those really poppy punk melodies, like fast drums all the time. Like I don't like the term, but I would say maybe candy coated pop melodies. Yeah, that's like they were sugary they were melodies. Catchy for the sake of being catchy, maybe? Yeah. Nothing wrong and, with that. And, and it's, it's, no, true. There's nothing. There's, I like candy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, that's not a bad thing. It's just I like what I would classify. just a classifier. I like to dip that little white chalk stick in the, in the fun dip. Oh, fun dip. Get a little delicious. bit of sugar on there. Yeah. Coat, coat baby, that little. Baby bottle pop. Yeah, baby bottle pop. Baby bottle pop. Baby, baby bottle pop. pop. You can mix it and shake it. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? It's something like that. You can mix it and shake it. And do and then, it again. Baby you, bottle pop. you remember the commercials for that? Oh, yeah. It was so weird. It was very even, weird. Even when I was a kid and I saw it, I was like, who are these children that are like... Trying to be babies? That are, yeah. Like <laughs> so weird. having this little tiny bottle and then you turn the... What's it called? A nook? I don't know. Turn the, turn the little... Uh, binky? Bottle. Binky binky part. Yeah. The, the part that you drink out of inside and then shake it up and they're like, oh my gosh. Ooh. Like, it's got powder all over it. <laughs> yeah, it's it so, so What a goofy commercial. But yeah. I did like the baby bottle pop. I never yeah. ha- I didn't have them that often, but... Same here. I liked them when I did I always them. saw them and I was like, I kind of want that. But then I was like, it's too much work. I'd rather have a Reese's. Fun dip is better. Easier. But Reese's is better because it's peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, Reese's are way better. I love Reese's. <laughs> anyway, um, this is Sum 41's album, Chuck. And they got the name, I found out today, uh, from when they were filming a movie in the Congo called Rocked. Rocked colon some 41 in congo um and apparently it was during a war time there mm-hmm. i guess and yeah, it's a kind of somewhat somewhat tumultuous country yeah and whenever uh they were filming some like shooting happened or like some like a, a not fight. F- not film shooting no like actual real life stuff yeah. Like oh, a war broke out or something like that so they had to like retreat into their hotel uh-huh. with a whole bunch of other civilians and I guess they were waiting there to try to get out like for at least a day, I think, or like maybe 18 hours or something like that. Uh-huh. But then um, a UN peace uh, peace ambassador or peacekeeper named Charles Pelletier, P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R, something I think like it's that. Pelletier, um, got them out eventually, like yeah. made it so they could get out of there, of that war zone. So his nickname is Chuck. And so they said... We're only alive because of Chuck, so we will name this album after him. Kind of a cool story, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Not much to do with the music, but it's, it's no, a cool story. No, there, there's maybe only like one political song on here, kind of. Kind of. But anyway, track number one is a throwaway track, in my opinion. 
It's an intro. It is a throwaway. Just an instrumental intro. They could have, in my opinion, they could have easily started the album with track number two. But this builds up into track number two. Yeah, that's true. And it sounds then, cool listening to them back to back, but if I had the choice, just, I would go straight to number two. They could have put, just put the intro at the beginning of track number two and called it track number one. Yeah. But, I mean, but anyway, track number two, which should be track number one with the intro tacked in the front, is called No Reason. Great song. <sighs> so catchy. I'm going to say it for most of these songs. Like, whenever I first started listening to it, I was like, I don't know. But I feel like that's what happens with, with most albums on same, this podcast. Same here, yeah. Um, but all of these songs are catchy. They're yeah. all super catchy. There's no reason we can't change when we all fall down. It will be too late. Why is there no reason we can't change? What yeah. a great song. So you kind of still have that little bit of a poppy melody, like the pop punk melodies. Yeah. But... A lot of times in these songs, in the verses, they go into like the metal, metal. phase of it. Metal. metal, you know, they turn it up to 11. 11. <laughs> I think we talked about that in like the last podcast. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, where the most of the melodies are like sometimes like screaming, like single line, like single note melodies. Uh-huh. Um, and then they contrast that really well with the choruses, which are normally very melodic and less... They're more diverse, I guess. Yeah. So they kind of use that as a good contrast with the whole metal thing. Uh, the one complaint I do have about the sound of the whole album uh-huh. is that a lot, a lot of the metal like tropes that they use are kind of boring. I guess, or like not as metal as I'm used to. I guess. Well, if you yeah, if you listen to a lot of metal music, you'd and I don't listen to a lot of metal music, but in high school, my buddy Zach, he was a big metalhead. He was a big metalhead, and so I listened to a lot of bands that. Like serious lot. metal bands. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like you hear this and you're like, oh, that's kind of boring, like very simple metal riffs. But I let that slide, though, because it's pretty catchy, though. Yeah, I came from a time of listening to pop punk bands and like little hardcore bands. And so I... So whenever you heard this, this fit, I was like, like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, I listened to some heavy stuff, but this was kind of my start. Yeah. And they actually got me into some other metal bands. I had a live DVD from them and they played like a Slayer, like did a Slayer cover live. And so I started oh, listening right. to a little bit of their stuff. Uh, I can't remember if they did any Metallica. They might have, I don't remember, but either way it was kind of cool. Yeah. But anyway, back to the song, No Reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the song is basically about uh, making the most out of life. Yeah. Uh, one of the lines that I like from it is times like these, I've come to see how everything but time is running out. Time is so, like all your opportunities or just whatever in your life is running out. Yeah. And a common theme through this whole album, and maybe it did come from that experience in the Congo, um, is that eventually we're going to die. Yeah. So let's make the most of this. The inevitability of death. Time marches yeah. on. The, uh, the one thing that we like to forget the most. Yeah, it's a good thing to forget. <laughs> but it's not a good thing to forget permanently. Yeah. Anyway, that was the uh, very uh, serious moment of the podcast. We're super we're serious, about yeah. Serious things like death and life and whatnot. Um, and so now we're going to get back into the album. All right, Ira Glass, let's move Hopefully on Hopefully this isn't too quiet for you guys to hear. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to my first recommendation, which is track number three, We're All to Blame. Did you think I'd recommend this? I thought maybe. I wasn't sure. Um, and this is this song contains my... What's your moment? Ooh. Mm. Mm. This, this song contains my mm moment. 
Is it the harmonies? Harmony. It's the chorus. Okay, chorus is good. Oh, it's just, like they start off with like this is this is why this is where they really showcase that difference between the chorus and the verses, where the verses are very like heavy metal and, and heavy, and then the the chorus is more reserved and quiet and slow. This has a really slow, soft chorus. Yeah, they essentially like have the time, but it's just so gold and mm-hmm. catchy, and like. So it's so soft. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge difference between those. Yeah, verses so and like a, su- a super fast chorus, and then, I mean a super fast verse verses, and they go into the chorus, which is like just super slow and melodic. Like and the drums are like half half time, and it's like a slow song great. almost. In the, if you heard yeah. the the chorus and the verse separately, you'd say there were different songs. Yeah, but, but I they blend together so nicely. The chorus is my favorite part in the whole album. Nice. Did you recommend it? Yes. Oh, okay. Recommended it, and. Uh, I think this is uh, kind of like the one Switchfoot song. Um, one talking about society. Politicians. And uh, like this one, they basically say like, we're all to blame yeah, for the, the way society is. Yeah, we're the politicians. Politicians. Yeah. So I, I very much like that song. Yeah, good one. Um, track number four is called Angels with Dirty Faces. Uh, it's very catchy. Yeah. Uh, a song about maybe a drug addict or something like that. Could be. How they justify what they do or something like that. Remember that part where it's like kind of like a uh, the guitar line is building up chord by chord and then it almost sounds like he's singing into a megaphone. Yeah. A yeah. walking delusion, a slave by delusion, <laughs> on the verge of destruction, I gave into abduction, this is my heart explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I really like that part. Every time I, I hear that, I'm like, ooh, that's my <laughs> moment. Because I hear that in the hairs on the You're back like, of my neck stand up. I'm like, you get goose pimples? Yeah, he's, he's getting like, like, this is serious. He's saying something that means something. <laughs> yeah. He's talking through a megaphone? It must be serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I like that song. Yeah. But on to my next recommendation, which I figured you probably guessed. Some say, track number five. I wouldn't have guessed that, but that's this really? is a, a slower. This is another, another slower song. More melodic song. I actually song. like the slower songs Some better. Some say, we're never meant to grow up. I'm drunk. So this, I, maybe it's that I like the, the oh, pop man. melodies better than the uh-huh. metal melodies, but yeah, they do a nice job at, at making sure that they have a little bit of each on all their albums. Yes, definitely. Um, and again, this is kind of the recurring theme on the album. Um, the theme of listening to, or not listening, sorry. Um, living life to the fullest while you're still here. Basically, it seems like that is what a lot of the songs are about in this album. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's got to be connected to their time in the Congo then. Probably. That would make sense. It would sense. have to be. I mean, you'd think an experience like that would definitely leave an would impression change you a little you. bit, yeah. Yeah. It's not something you forget easily. Um, on to probably my favorite, my favoritest, my most favorite heavy favoritest. song <laughs> on the album. Uh, track number six is called The Bitter End. This is a very heavy one. Great song. Yeah. When you're at the bitter end. <laughs> There's crazy guitar solo in there, maybe. Yeah, there is, and this is another part of the uh, what I was talking about earlier, the, the metal tropes. Yeah, like they do really fast arpeggios for their guitar solos. Yeah. yeah, they like to do that a lot. Which is like, I don't know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I like it. But I remember listening as a kid. I was like, Yeah, guitar <laughs> solos. Yeah, I still think. That. <laughs> Whenever you listen to this, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah. When I hear this crazy guitar, there's a guitar solo later that I like even better. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a great, great song, and it's all about 
um, one of the lines from it says, well, who will greet you when you're at the bitter end? So mm-hmm. death, I would assume, yeah, is what he's talking about. And which also connects to the theme of living it up. Living it well, up. Living it up while you're alive. Yeah. Um, good song. Very it good, is song. good song. On to track number seven called Open Your Eyes. Um, and from what I can tell, this is a song about being like in a fight with someone, not necessarily a, a girlfriend or like a boyfriend, but mm-hmm. just you know, a friend but in general. And like him trying to like make the other person realize how petty the fight is. Yeah. In the like the uh, quote unquote grand scheme of things like that normal this, idiom that people use. Maybe this was when he was uh, married to Avril Lavigne. I can't remember if he was married to her still or not. Oh. The singer. Yeah, they were married. Because really? they're both Canadians, eh? Oh, they're both Canadians. You betcha. You betcha, eh? Anyway, I like that song, though. Yeah. It's it's, it's all right. It's not and my again, favorite. Again, like what I said it's earlier, like all the songs are catchy. Yeah. And as I listened to the album more, like I didn't skip any songs. Yeah. There were no songs. No skippers on this album. Um, on to track number eight, which is my honorable mention. It's called Slipping Away. It's a shorter song. Yeah. Very, a, very slow. Another slow song. Weird one. That I like. Um, really quiet, reserved. Uh, there are cellos in it. Oh, would you say atmospheric? A little uh, bit. Not for this album, yeah. For this album, but in general, no. I I hesitate to say soundscapey, but compared to everything else on this album, it's definitely not scout soundscapey. But um, and this song is about someone Slipping dealing with depression. Away. It's like real, yeah. real. Yeah, like, he like talks and, about like how he's been like trying every day to like try to find something to help him keep going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I like this song is I I really like the drums in this song. Uh, whenever they come in, they have like a a fill where it's like a, what is it? The dun dun da da dun da da da. It's just like it's super simple and really like slow, but uh-huh. I think it it works super well. That's Steve O thirty two on the drums. Mm. So He's I that's my honorable mention. It's probably the most uh, the most different album I mean, album. Different song on the album. Mm-hmm. Super good. I like it a lot. Uh, on a track number nine, which is called I'm Not the One. Uh, it's an okay one. It's an okay one for me, too. It's uh, it's really catchy, but it kind of feels like how on No Killer, No Filler, they were like, we got to add some filler. We, there's there's <laughs> always got to be a little filler. <laughs> yeah. And here it is. And so this song kind of seems like that to me. Maybe it's, it's not. It's Maybe not a bad one, but yeah, I can, I can see that for you, yeah. I could definitely but see that. It was just okay in my book. Yeah. Uh, track number 10 is called Welcome to Hell. And they pick it up big time. They pick time. it up big time. I love this, this song. This is the most punk song on the Come album. Me with your problems, I need them. Really fast drums, really aggressive singing, really aggressive guitars. Uh, and it seems like it's another song about some type of relationship, either girlfriend or friend uh, or boyfriend, whatever. Um, and they're having a falling out with that friend. I guess. And yeah. apparently what I read in Lyric Genius was that like someone was talking about like how this song is totally about how that friend is in denial about why there's a falling out and <laughs> or something like be- that. Who knows if that's real, but it's a good song. And I even put most punk song on my notes with a smiley <laughs> face by it. <laughs> yeah. On this album, I'd say it is the most punk sounding song. Yeah, it's good. I like it. On to uh, my last recommendation. It's called Pieces. I was going to, as as soon as you recommended Some Say, I figured Pieces might be your other recommendation. Yeah. It's, I think it, it was one of the singles they pushed, I believe. Yeah, this was a single. Um, Much slower. 
Yeah, it's a lot slower. I I like the slow songs on this album. As far as this one, this album goes, it's more ballady than everything else. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Good, um, good chorus. Yeah, and it's uh, it's basically a song about trying to fit in with like the norms, mm-hmm. the the normies, the normies, <laughs> with all the people who, who like go along with the fads, like you were talking about, like the yuppies. The one, yeah, the yuppies. Yeah. yeah, trying to fit in with the latest trend or whatever, and realizing that. That's a dumb way to, to try to live. Yeah. And you should just be yourself. You do you, Derek from Sum 41. You it's, do doesn't you. Doesn't he spell his name weirdly? Yeah. Well, not he doesn't spell his name weirdly, but his parents spell it, it is. weird. It's different than other Derek's. Derek, yeah, what is it? Wibbly? Uh, Wibbly? I, can't, I can't remember how his name is. Derek, like, Derek Wibbly. D-E-R-I-C-K like or something. There is. It's, I can't remember, but it's, it's something different. But anyway, this is my last recommendation. And I guess I did like the slower songs in this album a lot more. Yeah. I don't really know why, but... You like what you like, man. I just liked them better. Um, on to track number 12. Uh, it's called There's No Solution. And another song about like a relationship. Yeah. Kind of like insecurities in a relationship. There is no solution, bro. There's no solution. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the <laughs> melody for it. That's what came into my head. Hopefully it is. Otherwise, I just sang the wrong melody. <laughs> You believe it's in my soul. That's pieces, right? That's pieces, yeah. And, uh, well, as you were saying, the song was like, how does that song go? I know I love oh, that song. You just remember now. That I'm better off on my own. I like that bridge where he's like, on my own. He's like, and that little guitar line comes in. Yeah. All right. Now that I remember the melody and everything, that's a great song. Yeah. Sorry. Back to, are you finished with No Solution? Yeah. It's a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a fine song. Hmm. Okay, song. Uh, track number 13 is called 88. And this is the last track, right? Yes. And apparently, I read that it was because that, that was the BPM of the song. Could be. It's a, it's, a, it's a heavy song. Is that, was there a specific reason why it's called 88? I never knew, but that very well could be. Lyric Genius was like, that's the beat, beats per minute of that song. So that's why I call it 88. That very well could be. I don't know. <laughs> It's a it's a very good, kind of crazy, like the weirdest sounding song on the album. Yeah, there's a lot of different things in going terms on of there. the outro anyway. Yeah, it's like at the beginning, like it's it's kind of like quieter, mm-hmm. really interesting chord choices in the in the first verse, uh, kind of like chromatic stuff going on there. Like not fully chromatic, but slight little maybe like stepping, passing tones. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, and it's another song about a relationship, which isn't too much of a surprise. Um, and this is another song that uses the same kind of guitar solos, the arpeggios. Yeah. Is this the one that you said that you like better? Yeah, I love the guitar solo. Yeah, I used to sit there and try and learn it as a kid. Really? Um, this was the first song I had off of this record because it was right when iTunes was huge. Um, oh, and before and I actually bought one? the CD... You like I, w- I would get those little, I think it was like on Coca-Cola bottles, like anything they owned, you could get yeah. like a free download. And I would get those bottles and get the caps. And when I redeemed my code, I would find bands I loved and pick the, like the longest songs on records. Oh, really? And I think 88 <laughs> was the longest song on this record. So I bought yeah, it. Yeah, I think it is because of the outro. The outro is long. Yeah, I think it's like a five it. and a half minute song or something like that. That gets a little like... Get the outro the, gets weird. Yeah, like some swells and stuff. Yeah, and just some like weird instrumentation things that go yeah. on. But I don't know. That's what they wanted to do. I like the song a lot, though. I think it sounds good. It's a good one. So uh, um, anyway, I uh, I'm I'm very pleased with that album. That's Chuck for I, you. Uh, 
like I said before, I started listening to it and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But yeah. in the end, if you just listen to things long enough, you eventually kind of get used to the way it sounds and you start picking up on other stuff mm-hmm. that you didn't on the first listen. Makes sense. That was good. I liked it. Um, so looking forward to next week. We're going to do a one-off. Um, we're coming hot off the heels of the Grammys. Yes. Um, we're recording this on a Friday night. The Grammys are on a Sunday night, so we yes. don't know the results yet. We don't. Um, by the time this episode comes out, the results will be in, and by the time we do our next episode, the results will most definitely be in and have sunk sunk it in. Yeah. Um, so we're going to review a Grammy-nominated album, Hopefully. a rap album. And we both hope that this album wins. Uh, yeah. It's Swimming by Mac Miller, the yeah. late, great Mac Miller. R.I.P. Um, his last album. Um, and this is up for best rap album of 2018. Yes. Uh, I really hope it wins, but if not, it's still Grammy. Now it's it's never going to not be known as the Grammy-nominated album. Yeah. And, and Mac Miller now will also be the Grammy-nominated Mac Miller. <laughs> yeah. Which is big. I think the album is fantastic. And, I mean, I don't really listen to a lot of rap. But, it's a but good that one. album's very good. Yeah, very different for his this like for his catalog and yeah. for rap in general. I think it's it's got some it really cool like sounds. A, a really from the past records that I've heard from him, it seemed like a really like mature step. I agree in a way. I agree. Um, and after that, we we will return to our regular format in which I recommend an album for Jesse. He recommends one for me. Um, Do you have yours? I've got one for you. You're going to be listening to an album by the band The Vandals. Oh, The Vandals. And the album is called. Vandal's good, Hitler bad. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. I thought so. Oh it's my a really, goodness. it's a, it's a fun album. Um, do you know their song "My Girlfriend's Dead"? Maybe you might know that one. You would know the Euro Barge song. Okay, it was on Tony Hawk. I oh yeah, here yeah, in yeah, America, raised back your fellow man. Some other just don't understand. I am the ambassador. Ambassador. If it was on Tony Hawk, I know it. You'll recognize it. Yeah. That was Tony Hawk was my first introduction to like ska and punk. Yeah, Tony Hawk the first one. Yeah, oh, such a good soundtrack for the N sixty four. Whenever I would play that, I'd be like, "These songs are awesome. What are these bands?" And then I just never looked them up. Oh, I looked every single one up. <laughs> the way I had to do it is I had to memorize some of the lyrics that were on those songs. Go lyrics. to my computer and type those lyrics in and say, "What band is this?" <laughs> and then find it. There was no Shazams. There was no yeah, there was stuff going on like that. Uh, and you Back had to find in it. my day, we had to look up lyrics on the internet instead of using some silly app. So we we even had the benefit of a computer. Like ten years prior to that, yeah. If you heard something in a, it wouldn't be a video we, game, in, a, in like a TV show or on a movie, you'd ha- you'd really have to figure it out. Well, I have a story connected to that with uh, Switchfoot. Yeah, I was at uh, camp, like a, I think it was a Christian camp, in like when did that album uh, Beautiful Letdown come out? That was in like two thousand. Three? I think 2003, yeah. I think I was in like fifth grade or sixth grade, something like that. I think sixth grade. Um, But while I was at that camp, I heard Meant to Live. Like they played Meant to Live. And I was like, what is this? What is this? I was like, this is awesome. And I had to like ask a bunch of people. What is this? What is this? Like, what is this? Who knew what, what it was? What is this? I couldn't, it yeah, I couldn't just like look it up. Yeah. And then someone was like, oh yeah, it's Switchfoot. Yeah. Nice. I gotta check them out. <laughs> but anyway, I also have an album for you. What is it? What is it? What is this? What is this? Uh, it's an album by the band Arctic Monkeys. Oh, I've heard of them. You've probably heard of them before. They're so cold because they're up in the Arctic. I think most people have heard of them. <laughs> Chili. Um, but the album is, I believe it's their first album or second album. I wouldn't know. One or two. 
Uh, it's called Whatever People Say I Am, comma, That's What I'm Not. Oh. It is um, a lot different than one of their most recent albums. Uh, I believe it's called AM. You, re- you probably recognize that one, the black one with the sound waves on it. Yeah, I recognize yeah. that one because it has a song called Brain Dead on it, right? No. Well, do you know that song, Brain Dead? Yeah. That's the only song I know by the Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Well, I think you're going to like this album. There's like a little bit of like ska in it and All a little right. bit of like... I can get down with that. Just like kind of indie rock. I can get it's down with the sickness. Maybe not indie rock, but... <laughs> Who knows? Um, but good, that's though. that's what we're going to be doing for the next couple episodes. Um, yes. Anything else to say about your beer while you uh, try a little bit of the warmness? After trying the warmness... The warmness of this beer has the warming this beer up has definitely helped. Has it sweetened it? Has it puts the fruit up it more? Has, it's put the fruit front and center. Okay. There's less of that creamy vanilla when it was cold, and there's more of like the the bright citrus not not citrus bright um, tartness and sweetness of the berries. I think I, you can definitely taste the bitterness more. Sounds actually, better. the tartness of the blackberry and raspberry. You can definitely taste that a little bit more. Nice, which I like. Mine stayed uh, since I uh, interjected at that one point and said the vanilla the, the cinnamon's coming through. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty much stayed on par with that ever since. Mm. But it's very good. Nice. Um, I'm happy with this beer. Two fantastic beers. Two fantastic albums. Another fantastic episode of American Brews and Tunes. Yeah. Well, now let's finish our brews. Let's do it. As we always say on this podcast, American Brews and Tunes. Down the hatches. That is a tasty brew. That's a tasty beer. Um, if you want to follow us on any of the socials, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do. American yeah. Brews and Tunes. Yeah. Look up our website, brewsandtunespodcast.com. Yeah. Or send us a good old-fashioned email at americanbrewsandtunes at gmail.com. A good old-fashioned email. We don't do snail mail, so don't send us anything. Yeah, well, we don't. Is there an address on anything? I don't think so. No, I hope not. I hope not, too. I don't think there's any people listening to this podcast anyway. But... <laughs> Anyways, uh, once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brew.